Look at my butt. Show number 250 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Well, listeners, here we are. We're in the same room. We at the are. Same time. This is very exciting. We're it's Silicon Valley Comic Con weekend. Yes. And uh, we aren't there yet because there's nothing going on yet. <laughs> but we are recording a show. We are. It's a it's a rainy day. Oh, I know. It's, it's pouring lovely. outside, but it's oh. okay because just about all the stuff we're going to do is inside at the same place, so it'll be fine. Okay. We don't have to go outside and, and get wet or anything, we think. So we're excited about that. There's a couple of things tonight that we're going to see, and mm. then there's stuff all day, Saturday and Sunday, so it's right. going to be very exciting. Bill is not at this. Correct. In fact, there's very little pop, culture. pop culture stuff this time around, and no... Uh, Star Trek panels. David Gerald is going to be there. Okay. And so is Melissa uh, Melinda Snodgrass, who is a writer. She was a mm-hmm. writer for TNG. So I don't know how much of their panel stuff is going to be Star Trek focused or just more science fiction in general. They're far more focused on the science stuff this, I know, this time around, right, which is, is going to be really good. Um, There's one panel that uh, may have a little bit of Star Trek to it, which is the adaptation one. Yes. Talking about when you take something original and do a different iteration of it, you know, like Discovery is a different iteration of Star Trek. So we shall see what we shall see. Yeah, and um, David Tennant is going to be there. We're going to see his panel. That's going to be exciting. I was kind of surprised, actually, that none of the Discovery people were were showing up here, Mm -hmm. even just to to sign autographs or something, you know, much less to a panel. I mean, they could have had some Discovery people, but there's the Lever to Beaver reunion Mm -hmm. and Pat Priest from the Monsters Monsters. and um, just some other sort of... I don't want to call them C-list celebrities, but they're, they're <laughs> definitely, you know, like retro type yeah, celebrities. Yeah, yeah, it's, hmm, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a weird mix of, of people, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be Well, good. there was one, not Silicon Valley one, but some con a few years ago we went to um, where we met Timmy from Lassie. Oh, that's right, yes. Had my picture taken mm-hmm. with him. So, uh, yeah. It, you it, just, you never know what you're going to encounter at these things, and that's that's a good part of the fun. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that all of the stuff in um, the expo floor will be really cool. I mean, we met some pretty cool people there last time who were selling interesting things, mm-hmm. and there were some uh, really good prop displays. Mm-hmm. The guy with the cars is there again this year. Remember, he has oh, the, yes. the, the car yes. from um, the Red Jupiter 6000, yeah, whatever, whatever that thing yes. was. Yep, so we'll get to see that. That'll be very good. So, um, yeah, it should be really fun. So we have a whole bunch of stuff that we've been meaning to talk about for a while, which we couldn't because you weren't feeling well and I was sick and various other things. So we're going to go through all of our list of uh, media stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we're, we're going to open a. There's a box here. Yes. It's a present. Yes. <laughs> Should I open that first? Yes, let's start with the birthday present. Okay, well, this is so exciting. I don't know what it is, but it is from Toys R Us, who are sadly going out of business. Yeah, so it's Toys Was Us. <laughs> Okay, I've opened the box, so mm-hmm. now I'm just hoping. Oh, it's it's this pa- uh, you know plastic plastic air filled plastic. That's to to protect the precious <laughs> contents. Okay, what is it? <gasps> wow! <laughs> oh my God! So it's a mega constructs. This is a type of toy I've never heard of before. Me neither. And it's a Spock. Mm-hmm. 
but it's Commander Spock, and he's he's ready for the uh, the Amok time. Um, yes. Califi, and he's got Delerpa. Delerpa. <laughs> he's got Delerpa. But does look, he have Da'an Woon? I don't think he does. What's that over on the side? Is that an An Woon? This is his tricorder. Oh, okay. And he's got a little name tag there, and he has the purple <laughs> That is bigger sash. than he is. Really. Now, I want you to notice that the picture has him doing the Vulcan salute, mm-hmm. but his hands are not actually in that no, configuration, no, no. and I don't think there's an extra hand in there. Oh, there was a Kirk you could get a matched set. Is there one in there? <gasps> I didn't realize there were two. I was going there. Yes, Oh, my God. This is so cool. Oh, so my they God. Can fight. They can fight each other. Wow. Now, Spock doesn't look anything like Spock. And, oh, my God, you should look at, look at the expression on his face. He's rolling his eyes. Kirk is literally rolling his eyes. Oh, like, he is. <laughs> oh, my God, but his shirt is ripped. Oh, I didn't even notice that. He's got the bloody um, rip across his shirt, but he is rolling his eyes. like <laughs> Mondays, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly the expression. But look at Spock's face. Like I, you have to really look. These are very small. Yeah, they're like what two inches? Two inches high. So their faces are like a quarter of an inch. Um, Kirk comes with Delerpa, and he also comes with a communicator as opposed to a tricorder. Okay, and Spock's hands are are made in such a way that he can hold these things. Yeah, Kirk too. I uh, guess this must be the the stand. I guess you put them. And like, this is what you put on the stand in yeah. case. Nobody knows who they are yet. If you look on the back, <laughs> oh, you can also get <laughs> like on the back of Spock's. Who you can have? get um, the the people from Futurama. Yep, they got Futurama, and then who are these other people? Beast Man and Tila. Are they from like He Man or something? Oh, I don't know. I There's don't know. Bender and Fry. Yep, I like that. Okay. So what a strange collection. Kirk, Spock, Bender, Fry, Tila, and Beastman. That makes a lot of sense. Those they, go together. I really wish they had made a Tapau. Oh. And a Tapring. It would have been so good. I don't understand about Spock's hand. His, he's not doing the Vulcan thing. Well, that's because he's got to hold his, his uh, Leopold. <laughs> But it really, his face is, is really ugly looking. He's angry. He's very angry. The picture of his face, of course, looks nothing like the doll, but doesn't he sort of look like he might throw up? He looks a little nauseous. Yeah. Kind of like, like mm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Well, let's see what the picture of Kirk looks like. It doesn't look anything like the doll. No, it and it's not like rolling its, its eyes. It, it doesn't look like Kirk either. Not only is Kirk rolling his eyes, he's kind of tilting his head. He is. I'm going to have to work with my camera to get pictures of the actual doll faces Mm -hmm. because these are too good not to uh, do it. Wow. These are amazing. Thank you so much for these mega constructs. They're not Lego. Well, it looks like, yeah, they're they're movable. You can make their hands or their arms and big clunking legs do things. I guess so. And I guess... If you take them out of... Yeah, so they stand on this little Lego block-looking thing, but are are you supposed to build something out of it or or just, like, put it on your... I don't know. I'm confused. Wow, (laughs) these are great, though. I love it. Also, I like their great big feet. Yes. They have to have giant feet to stand. Yeah. stand on it well thank you so much well you're welcome this is awesome i love that kirk's rolling his eyes. well the minute i heard <laughs> toys are us was becoming toys was us uh-huh. um i went to the website uh-huh. thinking there's got to be something that 
we don't have. Yep. And there they were. It's great. Um, I also love the fact that, you know, this is for the Kunat Galifi, and yet Spock is wearing his tricorder. <laughs> like he's doing a little survey while he's little science on the side. While he's, always on the job. While he's carrying his lerpa around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are great. Thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. I love them. I love them. I can't believe that you didn't know there was a Kirk in there, too. Well, well that would ever buy you just well, a spot. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's great. It's awesome. Thank you. I love You're it. You're welcome. I, it goes really well with my other gift that I got from my brother, which we also have sitting here. Yes. Which is the... Uh, the metal die cast Kirk where he's got sort of the torso of a gorilla mm -hmm. and he's really sucking in his gut there. Yeah. And uh, the, the picture of the doll doesn't look anything like the doll. No, these are more Kirk, not Kirks. They are. Now, I want to ask you, does either of those look like any of your actor friends? <laughs> That's no, and neither does this one, okay. uh, the one I just gave you. So, so. nobody that you've met, that yeah, you nothing was with coming to or, mind. Okay, no, right, I well. think we might have run through my <laughs> Kirk, not Kirk looking actor friends. This must look like some guy somewhere. I was trying to think of who he looked like. I thought mm -hmm. I had someone like there is an actor that I feel like this particular face resembles. He's just so weird looking, and he, re as someone pointed out on the Facebook group, um, he looks like his head's going to explode. Yes, yes, his, because the, the girdle is way, 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 way too tight. Yes, way too tight. But you notice they did try to give him a little bit of a sideways, Kirky smirk grin there. They tried. They tried. It, Points for trying, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't come across very well. <sighs> I wonder if this was originally a gorilla figure that they just. <laughs> You know, put a different head on and painted Kirkish. I guess. <laughs> um, so you can also get, uh, so there's Kirk and Spock. And Wait, then it's Gorilla Kirk, Gorilla, Gorilla Spock, Spock, Gorilla Picard, and Gorilla Data. Now, Data looks like he's had too much, like, WD-40 or something. He, his eyes are just bugging They're out. They're bugging out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's clearly on. Um, the Kirk know. and Spock have the most delineated chests. Really? Yes. Look at the chests of Picard and Data. Oh. Yeah, you're right. That is true. Huh. Yeah, they're definitely better. Picard looks sad. Well, look, look at his little face. Okay, I want you to look at just this part. <laughs> now, do you think that when Kirk breathes in and out, his insignia gets bigger <gasps> and smaller Oh, my and God, and that's smaller. so funny. Yeah, <laughs> the, the insignia is fully a quarter of the size of his entire <laughs> uniform. It's huge. <laughs> That's great. And he's got a little phaser, which is good, which is, the phaser is the correct size for his giant hand. <laughs> it's really out of proportion to like his feet. It's bigger than his yes, actual yes. feet. Wow. It's amazing. Well, I, we have to look, uh, um, you know, we're bringing our phones uh, with cameras to take pictures of all the uh, incredible Trek crap that they will doubtless have at mm -hmm. the expo so we can see more really badly rendered Kirks. Yes. Wow. Well, Thank you so much for those. They're great, and I'm going to put all these guys on my shelf. So okay. Now, the are the ones I gave you are those the littlest, the smallest? I think they are. The only thing that would be smaller would be the figures in some of the Hallmark ornaments. Oh, which right. are quite small. Yes, but those that's don't true. come out, so you right, can't actually right. do okay. anything with them. Well, yeah. If you ever do take them out of their boxes, I really would like to see them posed in various fighting mm -hmm. 
things with their lirpas and <laughs> maybe you can just make them an on wound it would just be oh, a ribbon i could do that you yeah. can make two on wounds yeah that would be good i've got some um sort of gold thread and i could make it i can make it sort of braid it so it was a little bit thicker do you know what i forgot to bring with me this trip what? it's been laying on my dress remember i told you the kirk with the ripped shirt that you made him yes he fell apart <gasps> he's in a million pieces oh. and you said this was like three, four years ago. You said, next time I come, I will fix him. Well, oh. we've never done that. And I thought, I'll throw him in my suitcase and oh. we'll fix him. No, he's still laying on my dress. All right. They're thing. not too hard to fix. You have to get pieces of elastic and, yeah. and thread it through them. Um, it's You just need a tool to do it, like a, a dental well, you're, tool. Well, you're good with that. <laughs> well, we can do that. We'll have to fix him. He I know, I know. I mean, I've got all his, his outfits and everything. <laughs> his outfits. <laughs> That's like what his, his mom would say. Yeah. His outfit. She wouldn't call it his uniform for no. Starfleet. His captain outfit, right? It's his outfit. <laughs> he won't let me call it a costume. It's an outfit. <laughs> and then and then he's got his special fancy outfit for yes, court yes. marshals and things. <laughs> That's right. For when the, you know, important people come aboard, he has to get all dressed up he hates that outfit he you does. know but but that's also the one that he wears to like uh easter mass and, uh, <laughs> right <laughs> the fancy one yeah oh god that's funny it is some sort of rule that if you're going to church on easter your outfit has to be scratchy and uncomfortable oh absolutely uh, that that is yes 110 <laughs> percent oh my god well this is great and we'll be posting lots of pictures of stuff so you can all see the things, what we're talking about. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I should point out that instead of a podcasting dog, we have a podcasting cat. That's right. Who's uh, trying to get in the middle of all of the podcasting. <laughs> She's going to be out. I know, right, right, right to the microphone. microphone. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that, okay? Just sit down. So, all right. Um, so let's talk about some stuff. Okay, I'm happening. trying to find the thing you have. Okay. Um, the first one. We don't have to make this the first one. We can do a different one. If no, you want. it's okay. But see, mine are so. Turn it this way. Maybe I, know. I can read them. But here's how pop. Okay, got it. All right, got so, it. Uh, this was a very interesting article that was published very recently, and it's called "Here's How Popular Science Covered Star Trek in 1967." So uh, the editors of Popular Science on their website went and reprinted the actual article mm -hmm. that was on in, in the magazine in yes. 1967 and it's so interesting it's it's great it's really well written um and it says basically that you're getting a glimpse of the future because this is potentially how it could be they talk a lot about how episodes were vetted with people from nasa and, uh -huh. and gene roddenberry had people you know going through the scripts and all that I really love the picture. This black and white, all the pictures are good. Yes. But there's a black and white picture, and this is from um, uh, Corbomite Maneuver, mm -hmm. I believe. And I love it because um, it's a black and white, just kind of a casual shot. It's almost a candid shot on the bridge. So Kirk's there. He's got his arms mm -hmm. slung over the back of his chair and his mm -hmm. legs are crossed. He's looking very corporate. Um, Sulu's looking at something in his hand. I don't know what he's got there. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. Uh, Uhura's looking attentively up, and this was early, so she's wearing a gold uniform instead of a red mm -hmm. uniform. And there's McCoy lounging against the bridge, just hanging out. What the hell? Why aren't you down in sickbay doing something? <laughs> <laughs> Who loves yeah. to be up there just slacking Wouldn't off? Wouldn't you? Well, 
But you think he'd be a busy man? There's well, 435 people on that show. I he do be like, though, in the very first sentence of this article, it calls them television's popular spacemen. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, spacemen. I know. It's really good. Um, the, the caption for this, the particular picture that I've just been describing says, Command Bridge, a bubble on top of the saucer section of the Enterprise, is the province of Captain James T. Kirk, played by William Shatner. And then, larger than today's naval cruisers. Oh, you think? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe for a spaceship. (laughs) Um, The Starship has two engine nacelles attached to the engineering section. Main crew section is 11 decks thick. I like that they had to call out the fact that it's bigger than your standard Navy cruiser. Well, they have to give you something. Yeah, what's the you context? Know, you can't just say it's really big. And there's a photo of the Galileo sitting right there um, with a note saying that it, it uh, it's a shuttlecraft for short missions. Um, it explains how the antimatter propulsion system works. You know. It also says Spock has pointed ears and extra sensory perception abilities. Yes, I thought that was very He was like ship's counselor. <laughs> There's McCoy, uh, just showing off all his, his good stuff from sickbay. Look at all my salt shakers. <laughs> the surgical tools of the future. Yes. I love this. The entire ship relies heavily on its rows and rows of, quote, computer, computer banks. banks. They set the course and maintain it and operate the life support systems, which include atmosphere and gravity. The computer banks, which hold the entire body of recorded knowledge, can be connected to any of the ship's intercom or viewing screens and will verbally or visually analyze practically any known information in seconds. Um, I thought it was interesting that they rely heavily on the computer banks. I would say they are indispensable. Like, actually... It's not that they rely on them. It's that the ship wouldn't go if they didn't have the computer banks. But I guess at that time, it was kind of hard to imagine that, Mm -hmm. that the computers would be the thing that makes the ship actually function. Okay, well, this was 67. Um, And not too many years after that, we would, you know, um, people like, you would start hearing about people like Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates. And Bill Gates originally said he couldn't imagine why anybody would want a computer in their home. Yeah. Like he had no vision of personal computing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's hard. It's so hard when you're mm-hmm. there. You can't really imagine what the future mm-hmm. might be like. So as people have said, that's why it's kind of incredible that Star Trek got so much stuff right. That yes. they really were able to imagine themselves into how technology would be integrated in people's lives kind of effortlessly and seamlessly and that you wouldn't even really notice that it was right. happening. Because yeah. they don't, right? On, on the Enterprise, it's not a big deal. They don't make a big deal out of the mm-hmm. fact that, oh, the computers are running everything. Only when it goes wrong do you ever really yes. notice that yes. it's happening. But it's just like kind of And it's never like, uh, Mr. Spock, we shouldn't bring that fancy, what is it, tricorder? <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of a tricorder, and the caption says, tricorder? A descendant of the transistor radio is actually a portable sensor computer recorder. Like other devices, it's in the realm of possibility. Um, and I guess if you count mobile phones, we have it. We don't quite mm-hmm. have all the things that it we does. We don't have the phasers, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. Um, and we don't have transporters, which is the thing we all want more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting article. Like you said, the uh, pictures are they're great, so great. There's an anecdote right at the end that I absolutely loved, and I hadn't heard this before. Maybe you had. Okay. Uh, Roddenberry said that um, a medical group recently asked for and received a tape of the beep noise that the Enterprise crew uses in connection with their hand communicators. And they wanted it because they wanted the beep as a one-of-a-kind signal that would be instantly recognized by doctors who carry around small pocket receivers tuned to their emergency calling system. So 67. I they never get, heard that. They get the sound to put on their pagers, their primitive pagers at that yes. time. So that it would beep and they would know instantly what it was. I thought that was amazing. Like, wow. Yep. So cool. Yep. So this is a great article. It's pretty short. Um, I, mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to go have a look at it just to see how it was written, and how uh, sort of full of optimism it is. Yes, know? yes. It's really nice to read something where people are like, wow, this, this show is good, and it's giving us a glimpse of the future. And, and they're not really reviewing the show. No, not They're at talking all. about the, the science, yeah. m- much of it made up science, but certainly science within the realm of possibility mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, was the, the backstory or background of the of the show. The other thing, okay, this they're reprinting an article from 67, but I am just finding it amazing that I'll go, oh, interesting, Star Trek headline, and I click through, and it's the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Or Consumer Reports, or God knows what. It's yeah. like... Everywhere. Just, yeah. just everywhere. So um, they fulfilled the requirements. It's a good article. They used a picture that prominently features William Shatner, you know, right in the middle of the picture. Always, always a, a smart thing to do. Yeah. So that is a good article. A plus. Would be yes. again. Good uh, work, pop science. Yes. Now, speaking of William Shatner. As we usually are. Yes. yes uh, here's a good article. This is an interview with him, again, using a fantastic picture mm-hmm. right there. It's like, if you're going to put up an article about William Shatner, use a good picture of him as Captain Kirk. Yes. And this is a phone interview, I believe. Well, the thing is, he is... As you may not may or may not know, he is traveling around to showings of Wrath of Khan. Yeah, we mentioned that last time. Yes, that suddenly and, this was happening, and we have listeners who are going to these. Yes, and so that's that's wonderful. And so, of course, when he shows up at some town, they're like, "Okay, send somebody out to interview him." He's William Shatner. So there are a number of articles like this, but um, either in this article or in another one very much like it, I found it interesting that, you know, Bill had to actually sit down and watch the movie. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) You know, he said before he doesn't like to watch himself. Yes. So it it didn't really surprise me that he hadn't seen it. I thought he must have seen it at some point, Mm -hmm. like at the premiere. Like He went to the premiere. Didn't he stay and watch the movie? What, was he in the lobby smoking or something? Well, (laughs) or maybe he didn't really pay attention. Maybe he did, you know, wave to people and then just go out the back. Who knows? I guess so. I guess so. Okay. Uh, It just, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's a good article, and uh, he talks about not really wanting to watch himself, Mm -hmm. you know, from 50 years ago or whatever. Um, so that was interesting, and he wanted to do it, so he had... He does say, I, re- um, I had to watch it so I'd have information to answer yeah. questions, and I realized I'd never seen the whole thing. <laughs> so he's seen parts of it, maybe? Maybe. I mean, I guess they show clips of it when he's doing con appearances sometimes, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, if it's going to be in some documentary that he's in, they might ask him to look at it and yeah. say, here's what was going on there. It's a good piece. I'd also mentioned he's still touring with his live show with Shatner's World. Absolutely, yep. And still getting great reviews. 
um, it, he kind of brought it back because he hadn't been doing it for a little while, I guess, because he's been kind of busy mm -hmm. going to cons and stuff. And so he says, uh, we tried it, the show, Shatner's World, out for the first time last weekend to see what we had, and the audience was fabulous. It was a triumph. <laughs> yes. Um, I liked the fact that this article emphasized that uh, he was the son of conservative Jewish parents and grandparents on both sides who emigrated from Eastern Europe, because that doesn't mm -hmm. often get mentioned in these right, articles. Right, right. And it was, it was nice to bring that up. Mm -hmm. And because our, uh, our social and political discourse is so uh, fraught these days, in reaction to this article I saw on Twitter, people were basically denying his Jewish heritage. And saying, you know, he, oh, he's trying to pass himself off as a Jew. He's not really Jewish, you know. His, I think maybe he has some Jewish heritage on one side, but he didn't go to, to synagogue, and he didn't do this, and he didn't do that. It's like, what are you talking about? Why are you denying him yeah. his actual heritage? And I was just observing this Twitter fight from a distance. Right. And there were real, you know, people in there pointing to articles like this and to the Wikipedia entry and stuff saying, no, really, he's Jewish. But... Just, anyway, that was weird. Oh, God. That was very strange. Yes. One of the things I like about this article is there's a paragraph which, it doesn't say this is Bill's philosophy of life, but he he, he talks about, you know, um, it's come, they're discussing how, after Star Trek, how he was, you know, broke and everything, said the experience would affect how he approached work for the rest mm. of his career. And then he says, I wish there had been a plan. I'm a firm believer that we're all under the illusion that we have some control over our life, but we're really buffeted by all kinds of errant winds of fortune. I read and hear about people planning their next career move, and I envy them mm. because I'm not under that illusion. You don't want to do bad work, but at the same time, things come up that pay well, and you've got to pay the rent. Yep. As a result of being Captain Kirk and having the celebrity, people have asked me to do a variety of things that seem too good to refuse. And so I blunder around making albums and writing books and making appearances and speeches and documentaries. And, uh, you know, I think that is, that is very much the way Bill has lived his life and handled his career is that, you know, if something comes up, you go for it. Definitely. The say yes thing. Yeah, and especially when it's something that's interesting that he hasn't done before, mm -hmm. an opportunity to work with, with creative and interesting mm -hmm. people. A little bit further in the article, he says um, about his evolution of, of things that he does, mm -hmm. uh, as things changed, both literate, literally and figuratively around me, from film to electronics, from series to movies to documentaries to animated films to albums to books to charitable work that is innovative, it all interested me. I feel like an omnivorous actor living in civilization. Mm -hmm. And the interviewer says, so William Shatner, human coyote? <laughs> he says, that's a little stark. I don't know that I, want, I necessarily want that in print. <laughs> Very, very funny. Yeah, it's it's a good article. Like I said, if you are, you know, I use uh, Flipboard and a number of different things. So I'm getting, if you have any sort of aggregator pulling mm -hmm. up Star Trek or Shatner information right now, you are seeing a number yep. of uh, articles like this. But I like that they, they talk about has-been and working yep. with Ben Folds and the the wonderful things that are on uh on has been. Yeah, yeah. I, and they end the article in such a great way. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that we had always pointed yes. out at the end of uh, I Can't Get Behind That when mm -hmm. Henry Rollins says, Bill, can you turn that around and do one more? And Bill says, always can do one more. In his phone interview, Shatner says, we left that in because it was genuine. Maybe I could do that with my whole life. Do it again. Always striving to do it better. Yep, that's Bill. That's totally Bill. So it's a great article. We will post the link. Yeah. 
And uh, it's just wonderful. I mean, how old is he now? He's 87. 87? Yep. And still just bouncing around, doing everything, his, his horses, his charities. Yep. Um, documentaries, his show, touring with the the movie, and yeah, doing and, like and a just city every out night. there meeting people who are doing interesting things. Yeah. You know, it's fantastic. I mean, talk about somebody who is always learning and you know keeping an open mind. And what's this? What's mm -hmm. that you're doing? How does how does it work? And you still know? having fights on Twitter with people. Oh yeah, when it's yeah. actually him. You know, it's not Paul having a fight on Bill's behalf. It's actually <laughs> Bill fighting with people. I think. Bill thinks that's what Twitter is for. That's where he vents his anger probably, and frustrations. It probably is. <laughs> He's very funny. He loves to tease people. I mean, <gasps> he, he is friends with so many celebrities, and he's mm -hmm. constantly needling them. I, yep. I get a little taste of what it must have been like to work with him. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's like this on Twitter, imagine what he was like every day on set, where he's constantly, like, poking you and being yes. like, you know, how about those ears, Leonard? Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, he, one of his more recent Twitter fights that I heard about, they're not fights, but with... Um, Mark, what's his name from Star Wars? Oh, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Oh, Hamill. It's so funny. And it's like, Hamill didn't really know what was going on. And at what point he said, well, Carrie said to me, you should follow William Shatner. He's funny. Mm -hmm. And I think Carrie got him. And Mark is still like going, is this real? Is this real? Is he really like this? Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think at one point, Bill kind of, he didn't apologize, but he clued him in like, wink, wink. Yes. This is how yes. Twitter is, Mark. <laughs> But yes, I saw that too. Yeah, but was, I thought that was cute. Carrie said he was funny. <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> He's just obnoxious at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> that's his brand now. Yes, being obnoxious. Um, but yeah, you keep going, Bill. You yeah. know, I've seen a couple of posts on Facebook from people who have seen Wrath of Khan. Um, with Bill's thing, and mm -hmm. they said it was great. He was really good. He answered lots of questions. It was a very entertaining evening with him, and getting to see the movie in the theater is always good. Yes. Yeah. Well, one of our, our listeners um, had posted something, not on our page, but he sat in the very front row, and he said, which is not good for a movie, but best for seeing Shatner, <laughs> yeah. you know? Wow. Oh, so good. Well, I hope he comes out here and does it. It's only been uh, East Coast and a bit of the middle of the country, but not right, even Chicago. Right, Yeah, so. I don't know. We, we miss you, Bill. Yeah, we haven't seen you, you live gotta, for like a year. You gotta come back. We have to, I now to live, you. you know, one block from the theater where he <laughs> did his uh, his show that, that we went and saw. Yeah, it's good. So, um, I tell you what. Let's take a tiny little break, Okey and then we've got some more stuff to talk about, some Vulcan things. Ooh, Vulcans. You know, you know how much we love Vulcans. Yes. <laughs> Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we want to hear from you. Facebook, email, Twitter, whatever you got, send it our way. Look at his butt at gmail.com and show notes at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. So now we're going to talk about the Vulcans. The Vulcans. Yeah. And why they make no sense. Yep. This is an article in uh, Screen Rant, 
which is good. But I think, didn't it say at the end that this was published somewhere else before that? Oh, I don't know. Let me look. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I am just imagining things. But I thought okay. this was... Um, okay, it probably wasn't. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it says, Star Trek, 15 things that make no sense about Vulcans. I agree that some of these are nonsensical. Mm -hmm. But I also think that some of them are just sloppy screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And, yes. you know, you can't criticize them too much for figuring it out as they went along because right. you know that it was going to be the thing that it was. Um, I totally agree about um, they're doing it in reverse order. Mm -hmm. the, the copper blood and the hybrid children, like, yes. yeah, that would never work. It, it wouldn't happen. Absolutely Ever. not. Yeah. yeah. So let's just pretend that that didn't happen. Um, I like number 14. Oh, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> infinite bigots and infinite hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Which is 100% true. And I don't think that that's a ridiculous thing. I actually think that's kind of what Vulcans are. That's their thing. Yeah, I think um, they because they made this very harsh, very radical decision mm -hmm. to pursue logic. Mm -hmm. It was they felt the only way for them to survive as a yeah. species. Um, they are afraid of emotional yes. creatures contaminating. Yes, them. I totally agree. That's that's how they run things, mm -hmm. and so. Yes, they are logical, and yes, they they have this creed of, of idic and, and mm -hmm. all that, but they actually can't do that in real life. Yes. They, they want to, but they really can't. And mm -hmm. at every opportunity when you see a Vulcan, they're so arrogant, they're so dismissive of other mm -hmm. cultures, and always coming off as... Infinite bigots. <laughs> infinite it's it's true. It's yeah. true. So I don't, I don't see that as a flaw. I see that as the paradox of trying to be Vulcan, that mm -hmm. you want to be this thing, but you actually can't because your nature will not it's let you. It's the paradox of anyone who follows an extreme philosophy. Yes, yes. Completely. I completely agree with that. Um, the next one is about divorce equaling death and how it's a little ridiculous that they have to kill each other mm -hmm. <laughs> when they're getting married. So, yeah. The pond far for everyone references something that happens in Enterprise, so I'm not even going to count no, that. No, but it does have something to, it, interesting to say. Yeah. Um, or maybe I read a different article because it doesn't say here. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, in the pond far episode, <laughs> Spock says, I had hoped I would be spared this. Yeah. And we've always gotten the impression that his first pond far, which we saw, came to him later mm -hmm. than regular Vulcans. But... Then in uh, Star Trek Three, mm -hmm. regenerated, uh, pubescent young Spock seems to be going through Pond mm -hmm. Far. Did they mention that in here? I can't remember. Hmm. It's been so long since I've seen Three mm -hmm. that I don't remember how, if they explained it. Well, they don't. But um, what's her name? Uh, Savick. Savick does this thing with him, mm -hmm. and you know you get the impression it calms him, but we don't know how far that went. Mm -hmm. So, just kind of interesting. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. The Spock immortality method is number 11, and mm -hmm. it says, uh, you know, why don't they do this all the time? Yeah. They could do it. And I kind of understand that, but I also think that, um, you know, as as we saw someone say last night, like, who wants to live forever? What do you want immortality for? Mm -hmm. You know? Maybe that's just a logical decision. That yeah. Unless yeah. there was some reason for you to do it. Vulcans wouldn't necessarily choose to do that as mm -hmm. a regular sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't. May, well, I've always thought, and I don't know where I got this idea, that it was something that 
uh, was possibly quite dangerous, mm -hmm. um, and that they weren't even sure it was going to work mm -hmm. when they did it with Spock. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. So, yep, I think you are correct. Um, making booze but not drinking it. So at one point, Spock says that Vulcans were spared from alcohol, but <laughs> then later on, um, McCoy says something about um, Vulcans brewing alcohol. Uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. Oh, here it is. I'm sorry. Quark owns a bottle that is at least as old. Vulcans make their own port and have been doing so for at least three centuries. The most obvious solution is that Spock was just never invited <laughs> to any of the cool parties. I think that's probably the answer. That is absolutely it. I also wouldn't put it past Vulcans that they were brewing alcohol merely to sell it to other people. Because, you know, those lesser that's beings true. that get drunk. We that's don't do true. that. Uh, the next one, the name retcon. And that was the reference to Vulcans being called Vulcanians. Mm -hmm. So, like, so whatever. Okay. And here's the, here's the one I just talked about. Oh, there the you go. The first Pond Far. Yeah. Oops. Come back. Okay. Yep, there you go. It says, the revived version of Spock uh, started his first Pond Far when he entered his adolescence. But did they explain it? I mean, did they talk about it? No, they didn't talk about it. You only saw it. Okay. So it was, it was kind of a draw-your-own-conclusions thing. Mm -hmm. But why... Would they even put it in if it wasn't meant to have you infer something yeah. about Pon Far? Hmm. I wonder whether they they could hand wave it away by saying, you know, maybe it was a side effect of it happening on the Genesis planet. That there was something about that that mm -hmm. changed his physiology slightly. Could be, could you be. Know, I, you could say that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, number seven, the inconsistent naming conventions. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to view that as an error or anything. Mm -hmm. We just were only seeing Vulcans from a very small part of the yes, whole yes. planet. So people have different naming conventions. I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. Now, the secret nerve pinch. I will agree that it's a little weird that Picard can do it. Mm -hmm. I accept Data being able to do it because he's an android. See, I don't accept Data being able to oh, do it. Oh, really? Because I think it's some, not communication, but some sort of, not just that they're pinching on something in you, but it's something in them hmm. that is pinching on something in you. Okay. That it, it is like a, a biological thing. And it's like thinking Data could pet a cat and feel the texture. Hmm. I don't think he can. It's an interesting question. I, I don't think he has a nervous system, like to, to feel pain. Does he? That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he must, he must have some kind of rudimentary system, at least, to prevent him from damaging himself. You know, but that could be sensors. Yeah, it could be sensors, but it's not actually feeling. Right. It's not right. actually feeling. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I still less accept Picard being able to do it yeah. than, than Data being able to do it. Okay. Well, something that never made into a made it into a story of mine was that um, special ops did have a Vulcan come in to try to teach oh, them really? to do it. Oh, and, that makes um, sense. Nobody could do it except a couple people could give you a headache. 
Okay. This next one is such a geeky thing. It is. <clears throat> that it's like, really? This is for people who memorize, you know, star positions so they can figure out where they really are in each episode or something. Really? This is about Delta Vega. Uh, so now we're bringing in the Star Trek reboot movie. Um, the existence of, uh, let's say, Nero destroyed the planet that is Vulcan as part of his revenge plot against Spock for not saving the planet Romulus in the original timeline. This means that one of the cornerstones of the Federation was now gone. The existence of this planet goes against... Oh, sorry. Spock witnesses the destruction of Vulcan from a small planet named Delta Vega, which was close enough to Vulcan that Spock could see it in the sky. That is, he could see Vulcan in yes. the sky. The existence of this planet goes against everything that we had previously learned about the Vulcan system as no planetary bodies were seen being that close to Vulcan in previous Star Trek movies in the TV show. But it's in the reboot movie. Mm -hmm. So why should who we... Cares? Who cares? <laughs> why should we believe it? Yeah, everything's wrong about the reboot movies. Yeah. Okay, uh, Conquering the Vulcans. So this is a, a conflict from TOS uh, where on one hand Spock claims that Vulcan was never conquered, but Dr. McCoy said that Vulcan was conquered in the past, though he doesn't explain who mm -hmm. the conquerors were. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means. And I'm not going to worry about I'm it. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> uh, Vulcan family tree has a few loose branches. This is the contradiction, supposedly, that uh, Spock mentions one of his ancestors married a human. And then apparently, I didn't know this, that in Enterprise, T'Pol has a baby with one of the other crew members. Did you know that? No, but it, pff, again, <laughs> it's Enterprise. It Enterprise. But the fact that he says one of his ancestors, I mean, the way Spock talks, that can be talking about his parents. You know, he was sort mm -hmm. of being a little flip about it. I or, think. you know, distancing himself from them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> Okay, two, the illogical survival ritual, and they're talking about uh, the Kazwan. Why would they have to do that? And my answer to that was that not all Vulcans do that, just some of them do. Maybe it's like some upper class thing. Well, and the other thing is, if you look at it, all the Vulcan rituals are ridiculous. Yes, they are. And back in my fanfic days, um, my beta reader was Wildcat. We were talking about this once. And she goes, I sometimes wonder how the Vulcans learn all these mm -hmm. things. Like your dad says, no, you can't go outside and play until you practice your rituals. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you've mentioned this so many times, and, and I really wish that either they would say it a little more explicitly on, on the shows or it would just people would accept it like it's a whole planet <laughs> not everybody on the planet is going to do things the same mm -hmm. way and you got to think that amidst all the different cultures that there are stratifications there are classes and there are you know ghettos and there are things that people do differently not everybody does everything and we've only ever seen what like 10 Vulcans total maybe in, yeah in all of Star Trek you can't draw conclusions about an entire race of people from a planet based on this right. tiny and, little segment. And we've seen even like, okay, here in the United States, where we have people who have come here from all over the world, and to varying degrees they integrate, but 
they also still keep many of their own cultural things, their own ways of worshiping and what they what they mm -hmm. teach and what they value. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be true anywhere. I think that's part of a person's identity. Yeah. And if you grow up in a family that is is, it's important that they keep certain Polish things going mm -hmm. because you know their grandmother and their grandfather came from there, and this is the way they always did it. Mm -hmm. That's part of you. Yeah. And even if you are, I am a Vulcan, and, you know, I live by logic, but, you know, we have this other thing, too, that we do, yeah. whatever. I, I just feel like um, the identity that Spock has is very privileged. Yes. And, and rituals are clearly part of that privilege. Mm -hmm. And when when he says something, you know, kind of like, well, all Vulcans do that, it's like, Really? Every it, single one, really, every single one. But it's it's a lot like when you have um, maybe I'll just use as a random example in the United States, you might have people who are sort of very uh, rich white people who assume that all other people do things the way they do. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, doesn't everybody send their kid to to college prep? Oh, all Americans do that. Like, yes. well, no, they don't. You think so because right. you've never been outside your own comfort zone on this. So mm -hmm. I could very easily see, you know, with the Kazwan ritual and even with the Kuna Kalafi, it's like it's a very, very small segment of Vulcan that actually goes through with that. Mm -hmm. They think everybody else does it because they just assume, well, yes. you know, but over on the other side of the planet, they're like, we stopped doing that a long time ago. We yeah. have other things. Yeah. Right? That, yes. makes, that totally makes sense. Yep. They should explore that. I wonder if anybody's written about that. Class on I'm, Vulcans. I'm not going to write about that. You're not? I, no. Okay. I don't, I'm not that interested in Vulcans. Okay. Are you going to write the the um, the thing about instead of a teenager, it's an old lady who's the yes. chosen one? Yes. <laughs> so uh, just to, to fill our listeners in, we were discussing yesterday uh, uh, in a recent movie, I saw A Wrinkle in Time, uh, part of the climax, this isn't to give anything away, but the main character who's a teenage girl uh, the, the evil force tries to overcome her by filling her mind with negative things. And the negative things are all actually kind of true things that all teenagers have. Like mm -hmm. this fear of their friends not really liking them and being unpopular and your parents don't appreciate you and all of that kind of stuff. And I said, I want to read a story or see a movie where the main character is somebody who's a lot older, you know. And when the evil thing tries to do that, they just kind of go, pfft. That's the best you have? You're trying to make me feel bad about myself? Like, you can't tell me anything about myself that I don't already yes, know. So yes. if you're telling me that, you know, I could do better at work and, and some of my friends don't like me as much as I think they do, I know that already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't hurt me by saying that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a very, very good story. Right. That's what I want. Yes. And I want your story. Well, this is not mine. This was a Facebook like meme mm -hmm. that I passed on because I loved it so much. It said, you know, it's always a teenager. Mm -hmm. And really to... If you were the person doing the choosing of the chosen one, wouldn't you want someone more stable? Mm -hmm. And they said, I want to see a story where it's an old lady, mm -hmm. elderly, and she has her walker and her cat mm -hmm. and her attendant who reluctantly goes with her and makes sure she takes her medicine on time, and she's the one saving the world. Totally. I would trust that lady to save I the world. I want to read that. I think that would be an amazing story. Mm -hmm. That would be so good. Somebody out there with a lot of talent, could you get on that? Please? Yes, please, please that write that. Good. We want it. Yes. The last one, just to wrap up the Vulcan thing, um, is called No Emotions and No Problems. So, as we know, they change this quite a bit over the course of TOS, even that 
originally, well, in, in Where No Man Has Gone Before, um, sorry, in The Cage, or the menagerie or whatever you want to call it. Spock has lots of emotions. Mm-hmm. And he's then yelling. He's, and he's yelling. And then and he where smiles. no man has gone before, he has no emotions. And then eventually it's like, oh, he really does have emotions, but they're all suppressed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why um, this is viewed as like a, a flaw or something, but it just seems like we discovered more about the character. I don't feel like it was a contradiction. Really. Right. But they, the thing is, they kept going back and forth mm-hmm. because there are statements. They don't have emotions. Yeah. Or there are, you know, statements like, I feel shame when I feel friendship yeah, for you. Yeah. That's an emotion, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Well, I, I was... And it's, this is the other thing, is Spock talks like there's a human half. Yeah, right. <laughs> and a Vulcan half, and they are constantly at war. Mm-hmm. Like having emotions is part of being human. Well, yeah, we do kind of think that, yeah. but... Is biology destiny, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that some people, you know, I'm sorry, the cat's being very annoying right yes. now. Um, the, the fact that some people think that Vulcans don't have emotion is kind of what Vulcans want them to think, right? Yes, yeah. they're so, good, good so point. They've done a good job branding themselves as a race <laughs> with no emotion. So if, if people don't believe that, that's fine. That's what they want. But yet other people do know that there is a deeper truth underneath that. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Um, let's, um, let's move to this. Oh, my goodness. It's almost been an hour. Um, let's talk about one more thing. Okay. What, what would you like that to be? Why don't we do it things? about the book, The Lost Scenes? Okay. Because I think that sounds very, very exciting. Yeah. And we could save the, the others for we'll do another podcast oh, later yeah. in the we'll, weekend. We'll be, doing, we'll be doing more podcasts. Yes. So, this is a book release, and it's called Star Trek Lost Scenes, and the people who put it out are David Talata and Kurt McElhoney. Now, Kurt McElhoney is the guy who runs the Star Trek history site, okay. so I believe that this book grew out of the, um, gosh, 20 years that he's been doing that, and mm-hmm. I've talked about it on the show before, but the refresher is that, as we all know... Um, bits and pieces get cut out of the actual film during the editing process. Mm-hmm. And with Star Trek, some of those bits and pieces got turned into little uh, slides or, or pieces of film that they actually sold through Lincoln mm-hmm. Enterprise. I have some of those. And they, those were often, but not always, pieces of actual episodes, like a little three seconds from the beginning and three mm-hmm. seconds off the end. But sometimes it was pieces that weren't in the episode, so either scenes that were cut or um, the guy holding the uh, the board mm-hmm. at the beginning of a scene or the actors bursting out laughing because yes. something or something going wrong on the set. So there were all kinds of things. And over the years, the project that, that these guys were doing was to collect scans of all of that and restore them because the film is often really highly degraded at this point. And they also started to track down uh, pieces of script and then other things that would work together to show what these actual lost scenes were like. Because in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, people had seen the script and assumed that they never even shot some of those scenes. Mm. And then when, when these images turned up, it was like, oh, they did shoot this. They just never put it in the episode. Yeah. So it was like that. the one that we had seen that both shocked both of us was... Kirk with his little nephew, his red-haired nephew, right? Yes. Like, that was a, like kind of a rumor that it was in there. And then there was an image. It was like, oh, they did shoot this, but they didn't put it in. Yes, so thank that's, God. that is the point of the book. Mm-hmm. They've collected all this stuff, and they're publishing it in a beautiful 
uh, full color book and in places where they can match up script to missing images they've paired those things Mm -hmm. and in other cases they've just written little summaries of what you're actually seeing right it looks amazing it really really does so I would like to have that to find out what all this stuff yes it it looks fascinating now what ever have okay there was Am I getting two things mixed up? There was a three-series book, one for each of the three seasons. And then there's a Star Trek oral history. That's a different book. Um, I have those three, that these are the Voyages books. I think, actually, they're all done by the same publisher. Uh Uh-huh. And that other one, I don't know what's in that because I don't have it. Has it been published? I think so. I would have to look it up. This book is the newest one, um, and it's mostly images. There's some text, but it's not... It's not interviews or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think they just relied on information that they could gather to put this out. It's it's not like they've talked to, um, you know, Justman or, or, or anybody mm-hmm. about it. Pretty sure it's, it's all just research. Um, there's a very funny still image of, of Bill making a hilariously <laughs> yes, funny face, yes. which I like quite a lot. <laughs> After he blew his line. <laughs> I'm assuming that that's what that is. Yeah, let's, is let's assume that, yeah. <laughs> But I love seeing pictures of, like, the actors just kind of lounging around the mm-hmm. sets. You oh, know? I've always loved those. Yeah, just sitting or cracking up or, uh, you know, just waiting for the scene to start. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see so many images of people kind of having fun while they're making yes. it. You know? Yes, Especially after so many years and you hear all these stories about conflict and tension and all that. Just mm-hmm. to see that it, it looked like most of the time they might have actually been having a good time. Yes, yes. That makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Uh, it's a 272-page hardback book. It will cost 40 bucks. And uh, it, the, the article I just scanned to the end, it doesn't tell you when it's being published. No, they're taking pre-orders for it now. Are they? Uh, well, this was published in January, this article. Oh, okay. So maybe it's actually out. Yeah, I don't know. But Star Trek fans, I think, will want to have something like this. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in that kind of minutiae, you know, I I love books like that. I Mm -hmm. love, you know, that that book that I had given you that had the costuming stuff in it. Just so, like, different, right? It's a different take on it. Oh, yeah. the. A book like that is is its meaning, its value would be so diminished if the photographs weren't incredible. And the photographs are amazing. Yeah. And I love seeing the costumers' sketches and renderings. Yeah. So, and so for me, stuff. a book like this is so good because it's like that little peek behind the scenes where you can mm-hmm. actually see stuff that wasn't in the finished product. And yep. I love that. That's so good. Cool. So we have now been talking for quite a while. Okay, well, let's save the rest for the next show. Yeah. Which I'm sure we will do another show this weekend. Yes. Or, you know, in the next few days, reporting on what we're seeing and hearing at the con, and plus these wonderful topics we have. Yes. So if you are one of those lucky people who gets to see Bill at Rathacon, please tell us about it. Or Mm -hmm. if you see articles, if it was in your hometown and there's Mm -hmm. like a hometown newspaper article about it, we'd love to see how it's going. Yes. And what Bill has to say. And if he's uh, got any new stories to tell, that would be good if he had some new material. Uh, And and we'll just report on whatever Star Trek stuff we find out. Um, The latest on Discovery, we'll, we'll be talking about that. There's been a couple of articles recently, is that it's filming in April. But I don't think the new episodes are going to be ready until, like, January of okay, next year. Okay. So it's going to take a long time for that to get done. Yes, yes. It'll be a long wait. 
It will be. Sadly. But that's okay. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Yes. Okay. Got to see where they go next. Well, thanks, listeners. Thank you so much, as always. And we'll be back with another show um, really, really soon. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, what am I going to say? Live, Live long, long and potluck. potluck. That's it. I couldn't get the words <laughs> out of my mouth. Too much Vulcan stuff going on. It's mixing my brain up. Wow. Yeah. Get out there and potluck. <laughs> <laughs>